0: i picked the winner for today (laughs) welcome back stage two the stages podcast here we are with my good buddy jb hager in the air streaming studio (laughs) in aspen colorado here we go let's roll this all right enjoy
1: I don't know what to say, I'm, oh, um, I'm super happy that I uh, got this victory today and uh, it was an uh, incredible start in Germany, so many people and for me uh, um, it would be wrong to say that I had no expectation or no pressure, I, it all comes out now and I, um, I really wanted to have this win and uh it was for me a big goal to uh start in germany and and win at the end of that stage and uh if we are honest and look to the plan uh it didn't work at all so uh the good thing was i i came pretty late i could jump from the wheels and matteo from us was on the left and saba brought me somewhere till 500 meters and then i just thought okay i need to take it uh Yeah, I need to take my own way, and I was just jumping from wheel to wheel, going through small gaps, and in the end, I could go straight to the front, and I'm super relieved. Well, welcome back to the Stages Podcast.
0: That was Marcel Kittel, our winner today, winner of Stage 2. You Uh, predicted it. And I predicted it. I've not been right on a lot of these things, but uh, I had that one. I thought thought just, like I said yesterday, and he sort of confirmed it there in that post-race interview, that for a Belgian team... To win in their home country is a big deal, big for the sponsors, big for the team. There's even talk that there's a new sponsor coming on board at Quickstep, so it helps all of those things. The thing that struck me though is his emotion, like when you saw and you could hear it in his voice there too. But when you saw him just after the finish, this was like a guy who had never won a stage mm-hmm. in the Tour de France. Turns out he's won ten of them. I know. I'm like, if he did, maybe see ten it. is his favorite. I don't like. So emotional.
2: Yeah, if you didn't see Kittle afterward, and and boy, you could relate to it—the chaos, the people swarming you—and it looks like he's sitting on a curb on the edge of the street, just trying to gather his emotions, breaking down in tears. Yep. And you you were like doing this mental check of history. You're like, is this his first stage? No way. Right. And he's won all those stages. What I mean, we can only guess why that was so emotional. Right. That's right. And we would be guessing because yeah. we don't know. But uh,
0: look, guys have, uh, you know, I mean, whether, what he alluded to or said, I mean, he started in Germany, um, big deal, Belgian team, Belgian finish, big deal. was all that up. I, but, you know, I don't know, maybe, uh, could have been thinking about somebody that he lost recently. Just, these guys have, uh, reasons for motivation and inspiration that we don't know. They don't tell us. Uh, but that, I tell you what, watching that sprint, uh... I I I don't know how those guys do it. I mean, going so fast, so tight,
2: it's just like no. Uh, that, uh, I wonder if they're scared.
0: They got to be scared. I'm scared I, watching. See,
2: that's what I w- wondered. It's like do do the really good sprinters, and there's just a handful of them. You can almost always predict yep. from a few guys. They they must just have this X factor. Like when they talk about baseball players, they can see a baseball moving yeah. slower. Having the patience to, like he like Kittle said, weaving through that from wheel to wheel right. and not going too soon and blowing right. up, right. I, I don't know how they do it. He found the right wheels, he, he, as he said. And you could see, and we'll get into
0: it in a minute when we talk about Taylor Finney, but they they weren't organized. That train, the quick-step train, they didn't get it together. And he just, you know, when that happens and, you're, and you lose you know, your four-man train uh, and they know exactly in what order they're supposed to go in, uh, you got to find your wheels, and, and, and he did it, and, and uh, you know, and a special shout out too to, to Cavendish. I thought Mark Cavendish, you know, for a guy who's been off the bike and out of racing for quite a while because of this glandular fever or, or Epstein's bar or whatever uh, it was, to get fourth.
2: I mean, talk yeah. about a
0: guy that found the wheels.
2: Yeah, uh, mind blowing to watch them sprint, and it's it's pretty remarkable. That you, of a career of bike racing, says, I don't know how they do it, and it, they must be scared. That just says a lot about that specific skill set. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, uh, It to me, it just looks, and if I think back to my 30 years in cycling, you know, I've watched the sprints. Even if, even if when you're in the tour, you don't see the angle that we saw, that right. we see as fans watching on TV, but you go back to the room and Eurosport does the replay so then you're laying in bed watching it so I've watched that angle for 30 years it just it, they just get faster and faster I don't know if they, I mean I don't want to say that the guys are necessarily obviously they're a little faster because you know the, the, the you know everybody gets faster over time but the bikes are faster the wheels are faster and you know that bunch was all the way across the road and I'm thinking I, I, I call and when I'm sitting there guys like somebody's going down here mm-hmm. right it just looked it like hairy. and I, and fortunately you know they didn't you um, so, and by the way, not only did I pick the winner, uh, but but JB you were sort of a winner because the big topic today <laughs> was was old school barriers. Yeah. And there was so much talk about <laughs> barriers. We even saw, which we didn't see yesterday during the coverage, but the Luke Durbridge crash that was that was captured by a fan on the side of the road with his cell phone. You talk about a nasty crash. I mean, Valverde looked bad. Burbridge like Speaking of barriers, he put the barriers into the next town he yeah, hit them so hard.
2: It looked like he was cruising in on a motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, it just, and he was coming at... in hot, as they say. But it, yeah, that's, we touched on that quite a bit yesterday, and now it's become a hot topic because it's the difference between sliding and getting up and being out. Like Valverde with a broken kneecap is yep. just, you just get sick thinking about it. Yep. Can you
0: imagine that? <sighs> I mean, I told you, it was like, hey, just, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to get the hammer. And uh, I'm gonna come up here, and I'm just gonna hit you on the kneecap, his heart. Like that's truly getting kneecapped. He got kneecapped. Yeah. And the question for him becomes: obviously, we have the overall bigger question about the tour, and it's in that effect on Quintana. We talked about that yesterday. I think that's a huge impact on that team. Uh, but for a guy who's you know not a young rider anymore, they've already said the season is finished. Uh, how he comes back from a broken kneecap at his age, you know, at the at the you know the last years of his career.
2: All right. Let's uh, hear from Froome uh, at the end of the stage, and we'll go into. He had a lot of drama, and you're going to hear mm-hmm. about some of the drama he went through to stay in the race. Here he is, our, uh, you know, the uh, what would you call him? The best, the highest ranked GC contender at this time.
1: Got by a lot, I guess.
2: Chris,
1: let's start at the beginning. Tell us about the crash, and then about your injuries. Um. Yeah. No. No injuries. Thankfully, just lost a little bit of skin on my backside, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think that's the nature of the race. I mean, we knew it's slippery conditions like that. Every time you put the race numbers on, you know there's a, there's a big risk. Something could happen. And today there's just a touch of wheels if, or someone someone slid just a few wheels ahead of me. And at those speeds, you just can't avoid it. So I think a few of us went down, but thankfully everyone's, everyone's okay and um, got to finish all right without losing any, any time to, to our rivals. So that's the main thing. Thanks, you. <laughs> Man, the guy
0: did
2: everything right.
0: Yeah. We talked about it either in the preview show or yesterday. I mean, it's so important to stay up front, right? The, mm-hmm. the,
2: the, the you know, the,
0: you know your lifelong uh, lesson that you've always been taught is stay at the front. Crashes happen in the middle and in the back. Mm-hmm. Stay in the front, avoid the crashes. Where was he? At the front. Well, it just shows you that, that crashes do happen at the front. That was,
2: you know, uh, obviously the conditions were slick. What was that about? Twenty k from the finish. For those who didn't see it, I'm trying to describe it. He was at the right place. He the the third twenty miles. In the in there were two guys up on a break, and the third guy of Mm. the whole group goes down on a wet corner.
0: Right. So again, and we talked about traffic control yesterday. So
2: what you know in Europe, especially
0: the way they've uh, you know. Uh, developed their roads and built their roads to control traffic is instead of a four-way stop or a red light or green light, you have a roundabout. So, But that's not the only thing. So you get around the roundabout. We can get into roundabouts later because I thought we saw some interesting things that could come into play later in the race about roundabouts and which side you choose to go Mm -hmm. on. I mean, it sounds stupid. I went on the left and went on the right. Well, if that road after the roundabout comes out a little bit more to the right, you got to go to the right. It's shorter. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless. Um, this is the way it is in Europe. And we talked about st- street furniture and roundabouts, but not, I think the biggest issue is coming out of the roundabout. Then they have the Island. So the guys see, they get around the roundabout, they see the Island. It happened to Contador last year too. He hit the Island and then he, you know, high sided. Um, but this was just looked like a slippery corner. One thing that, and I want to give a special shout out to Dylan Casey for, uh, sending me some notes yesterday after listening to stage one's podcast. Um, the, and I completely you know, forgot about or neglected to remember this is most of the cars in the caravan and in the tour are diesel here in the United States our cars are unleaded we mm-hmm. drive you know you never see anybody with a diesel car or here a diesel car all of those cars almost all of them are diesel and diesel is a different fuel so if it's leaking out of a car mm-hmm. onto the road there's more oil in diesel it's going to be more slippery and so uh anyways, clearly uh I don't know if it was Tiago Machado or somebody his teammate behind him, they just lost the front wheel. And as we said yesterday, when that front wheel goes, just
2: pick your landing spot, you're going down. What well, was interesting, and tell me if it was an issue or not, this is just my take on it. Froome goes down, he's banged up. Uh and he only had a couple of uh team members drop back to pull him back in. Mm. Like you you when you go down, you're rattled. Doesn't it right. take a while to get your senses back and to settle down yeah. and chasing the group is
0: not fun? Well, when you have a big, cr- a couple things happen. When you have a big crash like that, where you have dozens of riders that go down, typically, unless it was in the last five miles of the race, typically that group, otherwise known as the Peloton, waits and while I don't think there was a, a, you know, they were spread out across the road waiting. They definitely weren't going. They weren't. They, they didn't hit the gas. Mm-hmm. So I think, to me, Froome appeared relaxed. I mean, he had two or three teammates with him. There was never. Nobody seemed like they were panicking. They were in the cars, which is what they do. What the, what they should do to get back on. By the way, that too is sketchy when it's pouring rain and you're sitting on a bumper. No thanks. Weaving in and out of cars. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the, to me, it was. I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, he had no teammates. I think they, they knew right where they were. They knew they were going to get back. And then he made the bike change. Mm-hmm. So that was, I was like, you know, and then the next thing you know, he gets back to the peloton, and then he's got his hand up, coming back to to, to get what, what appeared to be his spare bike. Maybe the first bike wasn't. He might have taken the first bike from a teammate. Saddle
2: height's too high. Position's totally different. Not his spare bike. And we saw it. He, he banged his hip pretty good. You don't just fall down without banging something. When you go down that quickly, I,
0: we just heard from Chris Froome, and, and he was, uh, uh, you know, he was pretty nonchalant and not worried about the crash. I, the only thing, I, I, think, the hour after, I think it's too early to know. And and, and not not that uh, there may be nothing. I mean, it could be completely unaffected. By the way, when it's wet and slippery and you slide, your bike slides out. That's a problem. But you too slide. Mm-hmm. Sliding is better. You want you want to slide versus get punched Mm -hmm. and so you might have just lost some skin but it to me it's just you never want to hit the deck maybe that right hip let's just say for example your right hip if you if you take a blow there there's a bruise there's a contusion there's road rash you don't sleep you can't sleep on that side right maybe it just it's just a little off and so you it affects your pedal style and maybe you have a little more strength then maybe your left knee starts to flare it just there, there's no
2: crash ever that does not have any impact on the rider there's always going to be something yeah anyone listening just fall down without putting your hands down and see if you don't have a weird day ahead yeah, of just you. have your <laughs> friend this is what i always like to say because you know sometimes you hit the ground at 30 miles an hour
0: and people are like what's that like i was like ah, let's go down the let's just go down main street here right
2: i'll get it up to 30 <laughs> jump out and, no put your bike clothes on and, and jump out of the car <laughs> no way no way. That's what it feels like. I've jumped off a boat at 30 miles an hour, and that hurt in the water. Well, well I obviously, don't don't tell anybody that. It's ever again. painful. It's painful. Uh, so we assume uh, Froome's going to be okay. Yep. Team's think, still intact, I, I do in think good it'll shape. Be okay, but you're just worth noting. Not fun. That was a weird gap between the crash and a two-man breakaway up front that almost stayed. Right. Well, it so, started
0: by the way, it started as a four-man
2: breakaway. Right. Right. And at that time,
0: it was still a 4 It didn't go to be, or didn't get down to two guys until Taylor Finney won, you know, that final sprint over the, you know, the last kom of the day. Then, you know, what he did is he just kept going, and then Alfredo went with him. So
2: then, then it went from four to two. I've always been amazed as a tour fan over the years, and I think most people are like, how do they always time it out and nip those guys at the line? Mm. It's almost like with. The breakaways is in sight and the finish line is in sight, and here they come. Yeah. And you were, you had, you know, you were breaking it down by seconds. It's they a, just, it's a perfect science. It's, it, it just, they never stay away.
0: They just don't. Unless something, look, when, when that crash happened and, you know, 20 plus guys go down, that disrupted their plan. That disrupted, uh, um, You know the chase right the Mm -hmm. chase by the peloton so they got they were able to get another you know 30 second cushion it doesn't matter in their minds the teams that are chasing they've got it all worked out right they know if they're just riding steady and there's two guys that's 10 seconds a kilometer and if they need to make it if they need to close it quicker they can't and by the way too even if somebody got to the last kilometer right? we just talked about the finish we talked about how fast they're going if you get to the last K, even with 20 seconds, you can't go. The two guys can't go that fast. The, the, mm-hmm. This, this wave behind you is going so fast. Mm-hmm. So you almost need, you know, they would have needed a minute with, uh, I'm going to say, 4K to go. I mean, it's just, in, in the fan at home is going, oh my God, 4K, two and a half miles. They got They're going to stay. They, they get it. all excited. He's got it, <laughs> right? Right. All the moms and pops <laughs> of the world are going, yeah, my No, that when that thing gets rolling behind you. It, you just can't hold it off unless something unless something happens. If a crash happens back there, then that's your that's the, that's the X factor that that you know lets you stay away.
2: There's something else interesting at at play when you have a breakaway up front. Yep. a breakaway up front, and and break this down for all of us. Having a breakaway helps control the peloton a little right. bit. It's not a threat. Like, had they reeled them in too early. You know, the next group of guys that right. are fresh are, right. are blasting off the front, yep. right? And then you got a new problem. Yeah. So, if you're if, later on in
0: the race, you'll see this a lot. In fact, I'll get to that in a second. But if you're the, the yellow, if you're leading the race, you want a breakaway away. If you're one of the sprint teams that's trying to control the race for your sprinter, you want a break to be away. You want a four man break at two minutes it's they're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. they're coming back and every so then you now have 192 guys or whatever back in the peloton well they're not going to attack the worst thing for a team the yellow jersey team or a sprint team trying to control it the worst thing for them is to have uh what they say you know in a group grupo compacto right so the pack together because then everybody in the group's going i got a shot bam up the right bam up the left Mm -hmm. up the middle just Mm -hmm. bing 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 attacks everywhere and then that team is trying to control like shit we got to get this thing under control. So what, you know, what you do is you just sort of selectively say, okay, you know, you let one go. Maybe another guy jumps to him, and you and you just let them sit out there, and then you just let them get deeper and deeper and farther and farther away. And next thing you know, you got a breakaway, and then everybody sits back and is like, okay, let's just sit on the wheel and wait for, uh, you know, wait for them to be brought back. And and what I alluded to a second ago is later on in the race, you're going to have, you know, Chris Froome's going to, whoever it is in the yellow jersey, is going to have a lot of time on a lot of guys well those boys you just let go if somebody's an hour down you let them have 20 minutes and they can win by 20 minutes you know the, the lay person at home go oh my god he won by 20 minutes he must be winning And mm-hmm. not even close to winning. right Over so you courses. let those in those days you know that's that's when those breakaways are successful because and we're going to talk about it. this is going to happen two or three times in this tour um but you just let those go unless the only other The reason that they wouldn't go is there is some team that hasn't won a stage that has to reel back that breakaway with pressure from the director, pressure from the sponsor, pressure from whatever. Got to get a stage win. Stage finish might suit a particular rider on the team. They will ride to try to win the stage, and then that break doesn't go
2: away. While we're talking about them getting caught, you know, everybody, you know, is trying to – they're like, where's the Americans? That's been a big story. And Taylor Finney's getting a lot of TV time. Yep. What did today mean besides that? Was there any more? He did walk away with a polka dot jersey for a day. Is it just like, hey, I'm here. I'm. The, it's an amazing recovery. It's good for sponsors. Is it any more than that? Or is he one to watch for the next three weeks?
0: Well, he's he's clearly enjoying his time at the Tour de France, which he should. He's never done the tour. I'm sure that, you know, obviously he grew up wanting to do the tour. He, he was surrounded by the tour. Uh, and I think that's... I love seeing that, you know, whether or not, obviously, you know, he's not going to have the polka dot jersey in Paris. He's, he's not going to be an overall, but he's, he's impacting the race. Right. And that's what, you know, I can tell you for the, for the French fan at home watching this thing, he's getting a lot of fans. Right. And, and not just French fans all over the world. I mean, um, the toughness, the panache showing and just, and just mixing it up. I mean, when, when I, when I flipped it on this morning, I saw Taylor in the break. I thought, Damn, okay.
2: you were happy to see that, yeah. I mean, I, so it, he easily
0: could have had a good result in the prologue. He could have just chilled in the group, and and I was asleep when the break went. So I don't know exactly how he got in it, but you know, that's a person that woke up and said, "I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to get in the move today."
2: Um, you know, on uh, Taylor, uh, if you're his director, what do you say? Keep doing what you're doing, kid, or do you say, "Settle down, we got yeah. a long road ahead of us." I mean, the
0: only the only <laughs> bit of caution I would say is first tour. Uh, the, an, an effort like today is not easy. I mean, that's that's especially, you know, those last 20K when he was just with Ofredo. With, uh, you know, they were in, in the, today, finally, NBC did, had, had a great graphic where you'd have the main bunch going 52 kilometers an hour and and the two-man break going 51. I mean, to go 51 at the end of a 200-kilometer stage ain't easy. And so he, he he's going to feel that tomorrow, and tomorrow's a lumpy day. We're going to get into tomorrow, but tomorrow okay. is not
2: an easy day. You know, something else I, I've learned as a, a tour fan, and I'm learning a lot of new stuff, talking to you every day, and then we're only two days into it, plus the preview. But you mentioned when they're outside of France, um, the big crowds. Mm. And, you know, when they were still in Germany, which they were most of the day, I'm, I'm taking notice, notice of this, usually on a long sp- sprint stage like that, yeah. You don't see crowds unless you're in a city. It went people, I mean, three, four yeah. people tip deep the whole time. I wouldn't, I would, that wouldn't, I wouldn't put those two things together: <laughs> the crowd and and being in a different country until you mentioned that. And then they showed a shot of flags just when you're when you want to see how windy it is. They always show a shot of right. the flags, and they were sideways when they're standing up. Yeah, but when it, so for that sprint stage, for most of it. You, you had a nice barrier right. so they're not having yeah. to yeah just think
0: all those people when if you're riding just go by and say thank you <laughs> just thank you because i don't otherwise i'm in the gutter potentially but i thought the interesting thing too is it shows the nature of people when you got to that hectic sprint finish in liege and, and when the barriers start right your favorite thing the barriers <laughs> there are no people people don't they want to be they don't want to be held back Right, so you had all those people along the way, and then you get to the part where the barriers are. Yeah, they'd rather
2: watch in the middle of nowhere. Yeah,
0: they, stand. They want to stand in the road. If I can't get in the road, take a selfie with my poodle. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to the finish and doing. I'm not going to be held back.
2: Cavendish, um, who is like he's mentioned earlier. Maybe he's on the mend. He's looking pretty healthy, but he said something so funny today. We all kind of laughed about it. Yep. They were grabbing him for an interview. He's a big story. Is he healthy? He looked pretty healthy today, but in that interview, he said, I have a better shot of winning being here instead of at home. (laughs) I I mean, I love his attitude. Like it's logic. That's so simple. It's brilliant,
0: right? It's just like no shit, Dick Tracy. But that's Cav. Cav. He he, he's got some good ones, man. He he's a street guy. So he, uh, you know, that's that's exactly the way he wouldn't. He doesn't. He's got beautiful wife, beautiful babies. He don't want
2: to be at home. He wants to be. He wants to be out there fighting. I want to bring up one more thing, and then we'll talk about tomorrow's stage. Yep. (laughs) It's it's mind blowing when you really start paying attention to it. How many people want to create a controversy that may or may not be there? And after I, I can't imagine. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and after the uh, opening time trial, now it comes out that the sky jerseys will, were illegal. Was Froome's jersey illegal? Right. Here's the
0: headline. So here's my friends of Ellen is not. Um, the, the the headline that they choose they chose to run with this uh, AFP article uh, was Froome under fire over cheating Jersey. We talked about this yesterday. We talked about his his choice to not start in yellow, his choice to, to ride the Sky Castelli kit that, that I talked about the patches. You know, so that's the headline. Clickbait, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he nowhere in the article. There's nobody in this article that says it can really confirm anything. That nobody says he was he was that was a cheating jersey. So that was the headline chosen, right? So that's I opened it. You open. Yeah. I mean, you, everybody's going to open that. Mm-hmm. That's that's. I think that's it's chicken a bunch shit. Of crap. I think that's chicken shit. But but it gets to the point where um, you you know you have a team like uh, FDJ, Francis De Joux, run by Mark Mattia, one of the biggest winers in the world. And his uh, uh his, the trainer of the team, Frederick Grappa, talking about how basically just accusing Chris Froome and all of Sky of cheating. He doesn't say he didn't say that headline, but he said you know they uh, the, the that the jersey was illegal because it had been uh,
2: you know, altered. Mm-hmm. If you didn't see it in the opening stage, it, it looked like it had some pads under it that may change aerodynamics, whatever, but you know. And it's so different it, now with grappa says they I just want to Go I just ahead. want to
0: be clear here. the trainer for FDJ this Frederick Grappa said that they gained 18 to 25 seconds because of this uh, because of this particular skin suit
2: How do you know from watching Well
0: that? uh, that's a whole nother hour podcast if you try to break down what Mark Matteo and Frederick Grappa you know want to choose uh,
2: uh, to whine about we'd be here all day. I'm no expert, but if you're not innovating on the little things, mm. you know, you're not trying hard enough. Or Otherwise, everybody would be wearing heavy wool jerseys. Grappa right?
0: says, the rule is very clear. Any aerodynamic addition to the jersey is banned. Sky have clearly infringed. So, so that rule came to be, I remember in the day when, when people were taking camelbacks, right? Do You know what a camelback, and, and filling it up with you know maximum water and either putting it on their back To create almost like a foil or even on their chest to kind of close in this frontal area when you're in the arrow position, close all that in. So that's when they came along and said, But this is so, so different than somebody uh, creating
2: a a whole, a a whole nother uh, part of your body, right? Or a fairing or something like that. So you think it's just a bunch of crap. It's getting people to click on it. But in today's modern world of, you know, fast scanning through social media, Mm -hmm. people see the headline the story has no merit and they just sort of take the headline with me oh yeah yep. yeah the jerseys were illegal and they and it how many people just walk away with that without really right. doing well, Nicholas portal
0: says the director of sky says everything is legal and the equipment was validated by the race commission see but nobody reads that part well right okay enough that's frustrating okay it'll be well, you know what if chris Froome wears yellow on the last is if he's in yellow on the last time trial and he loses 2 minutes in the time trial in a yellow jersey that was provided by the tour, well, then we can say that the Castelli Sky Kit was truly illegal. But I, that's not going to happen. You could have
2: given Chris Room a 2-2 yesterday, and he would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. You said that the first couple of days would be a factor with the weather, and it that's absolutely what's mm-hmm. been telling the story. Uh, it dried up for the sprint today, and it looks good for tomorrow. What yep. do you think? What's your take on tomorrow? What to look for, what to expect? So,
0: so I think overall, first of all, we go through three countries, which, you know, you're going to have a Belgian start. You go through Luxembourg all the way until we get into France. It's going to be just like it's been. It's going to be super crowded. Uh, I'm not a, a meteorologist, but I think the roads are going to be dry all day and even sunny. Um, fairly long day, 212 kilometers. That's not with the neutral. So that's a hundred and, oh God, been too long since I've done this, 100, 130 plus miles. The neutrals another four or five. Uh, and then that part of the world, right, from Belgium through Luxembourg into France, is the best way I can describe it is lumpy. If you look at the profile, I mean, it's just, it it, it the, you know, n- there are no mountains on this profile. But this day... It's bumpy, as you is, said. Is, is, well, I said lumpy. but you Lumpy, can call, bumpy? You can, you can call it bumpy. <laughs> okay. But it's just never flat. Mm-hmm. It's never flat. It's up and down all day long. And then the kicker is this right here. This is the most... So the last five kilometers of this race are tricky right and the thing i see is tricky right left or up down all of the above okay all of the above but the tricky thing is that you have you basically have an uphill finish in the long Wii. and the last kilometer is is you know six percent but before that there's pitches of 11 but what i look at is i go all the way out to 5k from the finish and look what you got 1k straight downhill fast with 5k to go with corners at the bottom so as you start to look at I mean you can see the if you look online you can see the you know the finish the run in. I mean it is super technical.
2: And so the teams tell us what the the directors are saying. So so they're Well here's they're, here's
0: what everybody's thinking tomorrow morning. How much is Peter Sagan going to win by? Really. Th- there is nobody in this bike race that stands a chance to beat him tomorrow unless he's not there because it's technical. And it's up it all up, you know, my, down and technical. Uh, Look at me, I'm getting all cocky because I <laughs> predicted the winner today. You know, hey, but go I I, it. I th- th- it. Look, I, I think the finish tomorrow is too hard for the griples and the Kittles and the Cavs and the Buhanis and the all and those other guys who were up there today. I think it's too hard. I think they can be well positioned, but I, I think those pitches of 11 percent it at it, it not four hundred meters, but for one point six kilometers, that's that's a full mile. I just think they get dropped. And I think uh you know, I think
2: Sagan is just sitting here going, "I got this." All right, he's the one to watch yeah. tomorrow. But when it's technical, it's harder for them to line up the train. Is that part of it? Um, or well, it's it,
0: that's always hard to line up the train. That's always a problem. So it it, um, but it, what's gonna? I suspect what's gonna happen five k out with that downhill is like any downhill. Um, it's it's just single file. And so with single file, imagine if it is single file going down the hill and then you have a flat piece and then straight into the kicker up to the hill. If you're 40 back and it's single file, uh, well, for the GC guys, there's going to be gaps. And so they have to stay up front because you can't get stuck behind some guy that's getting gapped off. Then you have to either close the gap or you lose time. So for the GC guys, heads up all day long, got to be at the front all the way as if you're going for the stage win tomorrow cannot get gapped off right especially guys like Contador and and Port and Bardet these guys that have already lost time they get gapped off tomorrow that's that's just hit number two in three days so got to stay up front and then you know then the guys who are going for the win
2: you know if you're not Sagan then good luck but um perfect finish for him pretty exciting today we don't really have time to get into the comments we'll do that tomorrow if that's all right, I love going through your comments on Facebook. Everybody, there—that's great stuff.
0: I just want to give a special shout out to the guy that, that that reminded me on Twitter that that Trenton is twenty. I made some comment yesterday, like I raced with this dude. He says, by the way, he's twenty-seven years old, which means that he's twenty years younger than me. I did not race with this dude, but I know I raced with one dude named Trenton. So, my bad. <laughs> I'm just—I'm just—I've been out of it. I don't—I don't know the players. I don't know shit. About the
2: sport. I'm just trying to catch up. So, my bad. <laughs> okay. We will take your comments via email stages at weduesport.com. It's W E D U sport.com. Did you
0: hear that, Dave Letiri? you <laughs> Dave, my old mechanic and great friend from Santa Barbara, fast track bicycles, he emailed me yesterday. He's like, Oh, I know Dave. You, yeah. Your email's messed up. We do W-E-D-O, sport
2: doesn't work. I said, I know, because it's W-E-D-U. And send your friends to subscribe, or if you're not subscribing to the podcast, um, you know, stagespodcast.com. And I say that's weird. If you're not subscribing, you might be listening to it. We have people just watching on Facebook Live. Yeah, I you know, keep saying that. If you're not listening, then you're weird.
1: No? No.
0: No.
2: No, that's not a good... That's not, anyways join us tomorrow after stage three the bumpy lumpy stage the bumpy, technical finish st- and watch for Sagan you say I uh, I bet a lot of money you wouldn't
0: you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even make money the odds would be so there's so much in his favor you know you'd just you'd make it like a buck there you go yeah thanks for tuning in